Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Coves, welcome to Action City. Emmy. Hi. Hi, Catherine. We're over two weeks in to 2021 and I'm, we're still here. I'm pretty happy about it. I mean, we're, we're thriving, mm-hmm. doing the most and the least. Keep Isn't that on. what they say? The most and the least. I've never heard that. I like that. Really? Yeah. Where oh. have I been? I mean, it's a millennial thing. I guess so. The young people. <laughs> I guess I'm still in that category. <laughs> you are. You are. Even though I'm turning 31 in like a month-ish. I, that. I so. remember your 30th birthday. That I think was the last party I went to before the pandemic. Just so I you know. felt so fortunate to have that party right before the pandemic. Although looking back, there were a lot of people who got ill from the party. And I kind of wonder like, well, but, you, you know, know what we were, we, it was before we knew there, it was before we knew it, it was definitely okay. before we knew and Jeff planned it, which was so sweet. And he did such so a great job. Fun. And I'm so actually, so his 30th birthday is on Saturday. <sighs> What's the plan? Oh, uh, is it secret? Talk it secret. is kind of secret. And because this is going to come out before that, I won't say, but we did my peak for this, my last week was that this last weekend, we went to Jeff's family's ranch with like all of his best buddies from college and their wives. And we were, you know, we were safe before just like throwing that out there. We all basically didn't do anything from new year's till the part till the ranch weekend. So that was like more than 14 days. So whatever. Um, but it was so fun. I mean, Thursday night we stayed up till 4am Oh my gosh. Which I have not done. I don't think I've ever impressive. maybe done that in my life. Maybe like a couple of times. Not even in college? I mean, I don't, I'm like, I've I like never to, done that. I like general. my sleep. Me too. But it wasn't like, it was just because so we had friends driving from Houston and they were dropping their daughters off with their grandparents in Fort Worth and then going to the ranch. And they were like, we're coming tonight. They're like, we'll be there at midnight. So we like knew that they were coming. And then when they got there, it was just like, you know, our friends, Jeff has a really wonderful group of guy friends. And since we've been together for over 10 years, like they feel like my good friends. And I don't know, we were just so excited to see one another. And obviously this year has really shaken things up. And we really, we only saw like two of them back in June. And since then we, it was like, a f- it, it had been forever and it felt like it had been forever. But then it was like, we all got together. No time has passed. Like everybody's personality is kind of like, Reverted back to when we were 19 or 20. So did you have special events planned or did you guys just roll with it? So uh, we did a Game of Thrones themed dinner. Oh my God. But it was just like, did you cook the food and everybody dress up? Okay. So I was not going to subject them to dressing up because I feel like you can't be the wife who's like, all you guys need to dress up. So, um, we didn't, it was just like, we got Game of Thrones decor and, um, I was supposed to cook like a couple of meals throughout the weekend. And I just like, didn't, I had no motivation to cook or clean or do anything. And I felt it's bad hard to host a lot of people for a weekend. Cause you do feel like you're cooking and cleaning the whole time. Well, I just feel like it was, it's the first weekend I haven't done it in like a year. Well, that's true. I mean, honestly, during quarantine, I've cooked three meals a day for my family and I've actually enjoyed it. But then when I got there, I was like, I just feel like kind of lounging. So where did, I mean, you're on a ranch. Where did you get all the food? Well, so we brought tons of stuff to make. And honestly, all of Jeff's guy friends are all really good cooks. And Oh, wait, are these the friends that he owned the... Uh, the catering company with in high school? No, that was, no, those, these are I all of his college story. buddies. Okay. But all of them, like, you know, they threw together like a breakfast hash. They smoked ribs for dinner one night. We did go to this like 
you know, little local steakhouse one night for dinner. And I use the term steakhouse. It's basically is there like, still a salad bar open in COVID yes. at the steakhouse? I could bitch. Which, mm-hmm. which one of lettuce? Yeah, but one of the wives and I, we both got up to go to the salad bar and then we saw somebody without a mask, like wipe their nose and use the tongs. And she and I kind of looked at each other like, let's just, we were like off in the corner, like our group was, and we really weren't interacting with anybody. And so I was like, I think we're good. I didn't even realize in COVID there were still salad bars operating. Well, in buffets of any type, but I guess the steakhouse is technically in Voss, Texas. I mean, it, there's, okay, so, yeah, 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 like it's a small town when, when I say small, like populations of like, uh, like 3000 people, gotcha. like very, very small. So that would be right up Jim's alley. It was so fun. And honestly, other than that one salad bar moment, it, it felt fairly safe. And we were, we Got were it. wearing our masks and, you know, obviously there are people here who didn't, but right. I don't you know. Guys are being safe. So, what do you do during the day? Do you go skeet shooting? Do you ride the four wheelers around? Like, yeah, what happens? All on of that. Ranch? Yeah, you just. Oh wait, <gasps> tell me what you told me earlier about what you saw. Well, the calf about being the calf. born. Yeah. Well, that'll be on this episode. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Will. Yeah. But it was. Uh, there were literally a hundred calves. There were a hundred baby cows. Because, like, I guess I oh, don't. Because it's the season. I, I guess. guess. Yeah. And so they were so cute. And then, of course, like I was like, I want to bet one, and just friends were like, oh, let me go try. And then I was like chasing after them, but they were really cute. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. It was just like, you know, no makeup. I doubt Jeff even showered, honestly. Um, it was just like a fun weekend. It was so good to see our people that we hadn't seen. Oh. I think the pit though of that whole thing was like the immense guilt you feel from or, um, like being away from your children we hadn't ever been away from our kids for three nights. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just saying this last year has really taught us to be homebodies. And you, that mom guilt is like the realist, you know? And so I feel like, at, like, you know, for every cocktail I had, I like had that little voice being like, take care of your children. And you're like, wait, they're not even here. Not even here. So that's kind of one thing that I think I need to work on. It's just like letting go a little bit more of just that control. Well, and you have had a unique situation and that you really weren't able to go away from them. No. For the past nine months. I mean, I mean, no, really though. I mean, and I know p- people, some probably have, and I'm not trying to say that we, we deserve a gold medal for not. I just, I honestly, before COVID, I feel like I'm very much that mom who's like, it takes a village, have your bench of all the people who help you with your children ready. Like, I think that having people take care, the more people who love your children, I think the better. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like though it sucks when you're like thinking about them and making sure that they're okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's hard to shake that feeling and not that I necessarily want to fully, but I definitely was like, all right, I need to rein it in. You know what I mean? I hear you. I, I, I mean, it's real sad, but I can't really relate. Really? I don't well, think maybe I ever felt any mom guilt. No, actually it's getting, actually, you know what? I feel more mom guilt now than I did when they were little. And I think when I was little, I didn't even feel it for one second, but, but I now think it's because of the being home I think for this right. last year. I hadn't year. thought about that until you yeah, like, said that. I think you would feel, I don't know. I think it would be really tough for me to take a week away from my kids now with everything going on. I feel like two years ago, I would have been like, see you later. Yeah. So I don't know, but that was kind of my pin. And they survived and they were so happy to see you when you got back. Oh my God. The Huff, the Huffman hug. 
Oh, it I got good. On, I've been the rec- on the receiving end of that a few times. He was giggling. He was like, oh, my God, he was so cute. And then <laughs> Campbell's just a ham. So she like, you know, but yeah, it was great. I mean, it was it was time that we needed, I think, like just us and to be with our friends and just kind of yeah. like a little bit of a reset a little bit. Although, I mean, I swear this is like day two of a hangover. I, a, it gets harder and harder, Emmy. Uh, get over it. I know. I need to get over it. So what was your pet? What was your peak? My gosh. I mean, I feel like so many things have happened since I saw you last. And Really? Because it's yes. only been a week. It's only or been a week. Less than that. Oh, well, Did no. Did I see you on Wednesday? Oh, oh, now, oh no, you're yeah, right. Because we had the... Oh, yeah, You were on okay, Zoom. That's, that's why. Okay. I was on okay. Zoom on Wednesday. So I did have a little bit of a COVID scare. I was I sat for two days with our intern. We had our mask on the entire time, but we were right next to each other working on our website. I sat with her for like a day and a half and like on a... Wednesday and a Thursday. And on Friday night, she called me and said she tested positive for COVID. But she wasn't symptomatic, right? Like no, she had gotten mm-hmm. a test. She was symptomatic after, after she tested positive. Yeah. So I really wasn't worried about it until I got this, until I was wearing these new shoes and I sort of got a blister, not a blister, but my toes started to feel like they were getting a blister. And I didn't really think anything of it. And that was like on a Sunday. By Monday afternoon, the toes on my other foot felt like they were having a blister. So I sort of started to panic and I researched online, which is always a bad idea and found something called COVID toes, which basically says your toes can feel like they get blisters and they can get pussy and actually blistered. So I had a full blood meltdown and I quarantined myself for two days, which I know is not that long. It was the first time I'd really quarantined myself, but all in all, I ended up with four negative COVID tests. So I think we're safe. I feel bad that... I was texting you and I was kind of like being very tough love. I was like, you're fine. That doesn't exist. I was like, I you're know, symptom shopping. Like, you're right. You were right. You were right. But I, I mean, mean I, was, I wasn't, I, I knew but, I was right in the sense of I, you could have definitely had it. Yes. That's I did true. not think that the toe blisters was, was an indicator. <laughs> I, I didn't think you could have just those. I was like, maybe if you had a fever, maybe if you had well, a cough, a maybe point. if you were wheezing or whatever, you know, and all I had the no symptoms. I mean, no, that's I was what I'm totally saying. fine. Yeah. My I, family was not happy with the two day quarantine and really it, th- I, I can't, when they weren't looking, I would wear, I would run downstairs with my mask on and I would, do the dishes and do the laundry and clean up. And, da, 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 da. and at the end of the two days, they were like, didn't we do such a good job keeping this place clean? I can't even. I, I just said, yeah, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, 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 right, right. So that was that all we got our the whole family got tested on Wednesday because one of my peaks, I had two peaks for the weekend. One of my peaks was that it was Gracie's best friend's bat mitzvah this weekend. Oh, she's like out of oh. all of your, well, no, I don't know a lot of Neely's friends, but Kate is like my number one on like, she is, uh, she's, she's the sweetest, most loving, kind, caring girl you'll ever meet. And she, she feels deeply for for you, for her friends, for her family. And I just, I just love her to death. I feel like she's one of my own children. So yeah. it was her bat mitzvah. And I know that she had a totally different weekend in mind when she had imagined her bat mitzvah all these years, but it ended up being a Zoom ceremony. So we got to watch the ceremony on Zoom and everybody watching the ceremony took a photo of themselves with their TV or their computer or whatever and sent it to Kate's mom, Karen. And she's getting 
she's going to make a little book Cute. of this. I hope yeah. Kate's not going to listen to this podcast. I think it's a surprise. But so I got to look through all the pictures of, and it was people from all over the country, kids from their class. Um, the person that sits at Kate's lunch table, that's like not even a teacher of hers, but somebody she really likes. I mean, it was really wonderful. Everybody was cheering her on. And we, so I, I really was, um, I was thrilled with the opportunity that she got to hear from her parents and their, her parents stand up during the ceremony and they talk to her and they tell her about her name and her Jewish name and where her Jewish name came from. And they tell stories about her and, why she's so wonderful and what Aww. what she has to offer to the world. And you don't really get a chance to have that, f- hear that from your parents not in a formal young. setting and definitely yeah. not that young. I mean, I feel like, you Maybe know, your, your wedding or your graduation you know, or wedding right. or whatever, maybe, but yeah, like when you're, is it 13? 13. Yeah. You probably don't hear she that. She gave a little talk and they, oh, they took the Torah out and they opened the Torah and she read from the Torah. It was, it was wonderful. I absolutely loved it. And then that night there was a teeny tiny little dinner. And so we all had to get COVID tested to go to the dinner. So I think there were 19 of us at dinner and it really, it ended up being perfect. And it was, Aww. it was I was so happy that we got to be a part of it. So that was one peak. My other peak was that Lee asked me to join her and Brian Bogert for a croissant making class. What? I guess she had given Brian this croissant making class for Christmas from Sur La Table. And so we went over to his house and and cooked. We you know, The first day you make the dough and you roll it out and you do this butter thing and the whole deal. And then the second day you go back and you cut them all out and you let them rise and you cook them. Yeah. We laughed so hard. We Aww. had so much fun. The croissants were delicious. We think we maybe could have let them rise a little bit more. But I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, it was nice having the person on Zoom tell you what to do to explain the instructions. But really, when I was all said and done, it really wasn't that difficult. Now, they didn't taste like the Quincy Bake Shop or Signature <laughs> Bakery, but- they were delicious and really it was hysterical because there were 60 people from all over the country in this Zoom call and we had our camera off and our and our camera and our um, microphone was muted. But there was at one point we wanted to ask a question. <laughs> I can't even believe it. we wanted to ask a question, one question of the entire two hour class. And so we're getting ready to answer the question. And there was this one woman that kept asking things and asking things. I mean, the things these people asked you would die. One lady was like, what if I wanted to make my croissants into an animal's? I mean, the craziest things. So this lady who'd been asking a million questions, we take it off mute, but we don't, but Lee knows, but the rest of us don't know. We take it off mute and this woman starts to answer, ask a question and Brian goes, oh, shut up, Kelly. (laughs) And oh my God, we like took it straight off mute. We started laughing so hard. We couldn't even take it. Wait, I guess she probably didn't know who said it. No, she didn't know who said it. (laughs) Except for, I guess if you had. Oh, it probably highlighted him. And it would have said Brian Bogart or whatever. Oh my God. We laughed so hard and we, and so the instructor kind of started chuckling. So the next day I say to Lee, I go, what's our instructor's name? And she's like, I don't know what her name is. We go to pull up the screen. Her name is also Kelly. Oh, no. So all we kept thinking was, oh, my God, is the instructor thing we were saying. So all weekend we kept saying, oh, shut up, Kelly. Oh, shut up. Oh, that was funny. But the croissants ended up being beautiful. And so it was a great weekend with friends and family. And I had the best time. That's amazing. I'm sad it's over. I'm sad it's over, too. I'm like, yeah, I'm sad it's over. Especially for you. You had a great weekend. Great. But now you're going to have a fun weekend next week on Jeff's actual birthday. We are. We're going to have fun. I mean, it's obviously, you know, I wish I could throw him a huge deal, but he's also like a pretty low key guy. I don't know. I I think it's a big hundred person. Yeah. No, but 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we're so excited today to talk to Tiffany Sill Ritchie. She is the cutest concierge vet you'll ever see. She hops all around the metro taking care of dogs and cats the old-fashioned way with house calls. We can't wait to hear about becoming a veterinarian and why Oklahoma City is the perfect place for her dream job. Welcome, Tiffany. Emmy, I know in the show, we talk a lot about all the places we love to go in Oklahoma City, all the shops, all the restaurants, the parks. One of the things that you have to have in order for those places to be able to operate their businesses is it's all commercial real estate. It's it's buildings and standalone locations that are owned by landlords that need to get those places rented out. Mind you, some people may own their own buildings, but some people need to buy and sell those buildings. Some people need to rent them. But how do you figure out what the best location is for you? When I bought Greta Sloan, all these people kept telling me I needed to move and I needed a different space, but there was something I really loved about Nicholas Plaza. So what I did when I bought Greta was I sort of listened to those people in that I thought I should look around and see what other spaces are available in the market. And so I called my friend, Barry Murphy, whom I've known since college. He married my very best friend from growing up. And so I've known him since I was 18 years old. So he was the first person that I called. He's in the commercial real estate business in Oklahoma City. He has been doing this, oh God, at least 15 years. He's an expert. He does office. He does retail. He does industrial. I called Barry. Barry took me to all the spots where I could possibly take Greta. And guess what he helped me figure out? He helped me figure out that Nicholas's Plaza was the best place for it. And I kept it there. So he didn't feel like he needed to put me into a building just to put me into a building. He really helped me answer the hard question of my business of where was the best location. And then from there, my husband is a lawyer and he has his own law practice and he likes to move around a lot as well. And so of course, he calls Barry to help him with his office needs. And re- the most recent building that he's in, my husband is now in this building called the Barry Law Building, or the I think that's called the Barry Law Building, actually, down on at like 19th and Classen. And Barry Murphy helped him find that building as well. He helped him negotiate the contract. And he, my husband ha- loves this building. It's perfect for him. It's historical. He feels like right at home there. And so I... Just, I can't say enough great things about Barry Murphy. He works for Cushman Wakefield. I think if anybody's looking for somebody to help them with their commercial real estate needs, I think you should definitely reach out to Barry. His phone number, you can reach him on his cell, 405-297-9913, or you can reach him on his website, www.barrymurphy.net. So I highly recommend him. So Barry, thanks so much for sponsoring our podcast. We love you. Welcome, Tiffany Sil Ritchie, um, to the Action City podcast. She is a veterinarian. Would you say you're a mobile veterinarian, or how do you classify? The fact- I think. Uh, by the way, thanks for having me. Of course, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited you're here. Um, I think I would classify myself as a mobile veterinarian, okay. but it's kind of morphed into more of like a concierge. Okay, that's that's a better word. Okay, yes. type business. Yes, for sure. So usually we start at like the very beginning. Okay. So where are you from here? I actually was born in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Were you? I was. Oh, so excited. Okay. You, I was. Was but your dad in the military? No. no. My dad was born and raised in Fort Smith. And um, my mom was 
born and raised in Tulsa. I'm not for sure exactly why they ended up in Fort Smith, but that's where I was born. But I only lived there like the first year of my life. So you don't I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. And then we moved to Tulsa okay. when I was like one. And that's where I grew up was Tulsa. Did your mom gotcha. say, I'm out of here at Fort Smith? How did they? Why did they My mom, I'm pretty sure um, it wasn't a good fit for her. Gotcha. So, but I still had, you know, grandparents there. My aunt and uncle still live in there. What live? near Fort Smith. So, yeah. you know, it's still some well, place that we in did. that little triangle? Is it with like Bentonville and, Bentonville and Fayetteville? Fayetteville? Is it anywhere near there or no? Mm. I think it's more north, right? I'm like now, ugh. well, never mind. I, I, like, like, I just live there for a year. <laughs> don't like, be, don't be asking me geography questions. Don't ask me anything about <laughs> But Fort it's Smith. not like that far from Tulsa, right? It's like two hours from Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. So, so not bad. Yeah. yeah. So you were still able to like see your grandparents. Absolutely. And then... Like went to Fort Smith on Christmas every year to oh, see my perfect. grandmother. Yeah. You know, so definitely still visited. So in Tulsa, which schools did you go to? Uh, Union. All you the did? Okay. I did. You could, you could, you could. I guess it was a K through 12 all the way. How do you? Well, I mean, Union is such a large school. I mean, I don't even know how many elementary schools they have now, but they have, you know, probably seven, 10. I might be totally wrong in that elementary school. Yeah. Then you feed into what I went to a seventh grade center. Then I went to like the Union eighth and ninth, the 10th grade center. So the seventh grade was its own school. When I was there, now it's completely changed. But when I was there, like seventh grade was all by itself. Then we went eighth, ninth, 10th, then 11th, 12th in the high school. So when you graduated, how many people were in your graduating class? Oh, I want to say over 600. Yeah. I, I remember going to camp with a couple of kids who went to Union and they were yeah. like explaining to me their school experience and coming from Cassidy. I was like, wait, what? So different. I mean, people like I went in for my class reunion, my 20 year class reunion. And there are people there and I'm like, I have no, no idea. idea who you are. Yeah. By the way, I st- still have to me and I had yeah. 200 in my class. I've, I, there was probably Seriously? 50 yeah. people have no idea who they were. Yeah. So after Union, where did you go to school? I went to OU, University of Oklahoma. Wait, I want to know, though, growing up, did you always love animals? What was because I think that's a passion that starts from when you're a kid. You don't just it totally does. But I didn't grow up saying that I wanted to be a veterinarian, which gotcha. is kind of a common thing weird. for kids. To I know say. that is on their list. It's, it's like fireman, I want to be a teacher or a veterinarian. That's what kids will say all the time. I was a marine biologist for like a hot minute. Oh, that's oh, a popular that's one, too. right? Yeah, because I love like, the dogs. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what a marine biologist does now. As an adult, <laughs> maybe, but back then I had a good grip. I like Sea World, and so that's where the marine biology. Oh, that was back in the Sea World days. Yeah, Oh yeah, blackfish. Oh gosh. Yeah. So but you, did you guys have animals in your house absolutely. growing up? I had okay. cats. My parents would never really let me have dogs. <gasps> oh, um, why? Were, that cats actually, are easier. No, cats are just so much yeah. easier. My parents worked, you know, full-time jobs. And so we had a lot of cats. And so I clearly loved animals all growing up. But then when I went to OU, I wanted to either do med school or PA school, you know, something human. And worked at a place in Norman called um, Health for Friends, which services kind of low income family health, you know, health care. I volunteered there for like two years. When you were in college, you did that? When I was in college. And um, my dad was the deputy director for the Tulsa Health Department. So in the summers, I went and worked at the clinics at the health department. 
And so that really was where I thought that I wanted to go because I've always loved science. It's always been my thing. Um, but about halfway through college, I um, was in my microbiology lab. I remember this. There's a lot of things about college you don't remember, but right. I remember this. I was in my micro lab and a girl in my micro lab was, um, had just gotten into Texas A&M's veterinary school. And so she had a job at a vet clinic because, you know, you got to work to get in. Um, and was like, does anyone want to try that out? And I was like, sure. I mean, why not? Cause I think that like I knew that what I was doing, like I liked the medicine part of it, but it wasn't like I wasn't super passionate about it. Um, and so. I then became a kennel tech. What does that require? A, what is that well, job? Cleaning up. I always wonder who's in the back. The poop, back I was going to say, I, okay. <laughs> I almost spelled out the S word because I have small children, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not the most um, glorious job for sure. But in order to get into veterinary school, you have to have experience like working somewhere. Um, Which makes sense. You do. And yeah. so that's what I did for my last two years at OU is I was the kennel tech. I literally cleaned kennels, ran IV fluids, you know, all, anything I had to do for the last two years of college. Was this in a shelter or? No, it was actually at a veterinary clinic. So it okay. was nice. So yeah. I got to like, you know, learn from her and um, kind of, you know, walk in and look at surgeries and make sure it was kind of something I wanted to do. Because obviously, it's a big commitment once you decide to go through the interviewing process to get into veterinary school. It's not something you want to, I mean, you're in it. <laughs> yeah. So would your advice be to somebody who's like thinking about this path is to go work? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. As early as you can. Types. I think that a lot of people still to this day probably think I just play with puppies and kittens all day. And it's very <laughs> That's different. Part of it. Very different it. from that. It is part of it. <laughs> I mean, on okay. a good day. Yeah. On right. a good day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. an easy day. I yeah. have all these new puppy visits. Well, so, what days. about of the types of animals that came into this veterinary clinic? What was the craziest animal you saw? What was the, like, do people bring their gerbils? Like, do they bring so, their Yeah. So the veterinarian that I worked for um, would just about see anything. I mean, she was mainly, Snakes? Like, mainly what, what dogs is, and cats. Okay. But we'd also have like a bathtub full of turtles or, you know, something crazy like that. Oh my gosh, you're like kidding. That, you know, um, me as a veterinarian, I only do dogs and cats. So, <laughs> oh wait, so if somebody calls and says my ferret's sick, you you refer. Then them I to say I have a very good friend. He's on the <laughs> south side of Oklahoma City, and he is a wonderful veterinarian for exotics. <laughs> is a ferret an exotic? That would be included in an ex as an exotic. Yes. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, Gerbils, hamsters, birds, snakes, any of that. So does this friend oh. specialize in exotics? I mean, is he that does, a specialty he does in the veterinary dogs, world? He does dogs and cats, but like even when we were, he was one of my very best friends in veterinary school. Even when we were in veterinary school, um, that was always a passion of his. And now, you know, he lives on property and has camels and goats what? and oh and you can have a camel massive turtles and oh he has all kinds of stuff and it's pretty much Wait, a zoo. That's really because cool. <laughs> that's just yeah. what he's very passionate about yeah well so you applied to veterinary school and it it's at osu they yeah they so have I a really good veterinary school I right yeah i applied to osu so people don't know this but there are only 28 veterinary schools in the united states the whole country 
in the whole country, there's only 18 international. So wait, how do you get enough veterinarian? So it's veterinarians out of that. How does that work? Well, and then like my veterinary class, I think we had around 65 people. So it, yeah. So, you know, that's, I think what makes it so competitive to get into veterinary school is that you don't, there's not a ton of options, but, um, so yeah, I, you, you know, apply and of course you go through an interviewing process and, um, everything and, and I did get in my first try, thankfully. thankfully. Is it in Stillwater? Is the veterinary school in Stillwater? It is in Stillwater. It is on campus, but it's a little kind of off campus a little bit. Like you're not walking around with all the undergraduates. Gotcha. But, but you're, so are you 22 when you go? Let's or? see. So, gosh, how old are you when you graduate from college? I think 22. Like 20, about 22. 22. So, yeah. Okay. So about So 22? it was like right after. I right went there. straight from gotcha. OU straight into veterinary school. Yes. So what was it like living in Stillwater as like not an undergrad? Like, so you're postgrad. Yeah. Like, and you're probably not want, I mean, the kind of the bar scene is probably the worn off. Like you're I'm like just, the old lady at the bar yeah. scene at that point. Uh, well, so veterinary school is, um, I bet it's really tough. You don't really have a life outside of school. I mean, you really don't. I mean, it's very consuming to where you end up. Your classmates are your family for four years. So it's four years. It's four years. Yeah. So it's four years. And so, you know, we, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. I mean, we had a first year, they have three classrooms for first years, for second years, for third years. And you're in your classroom with your, with your people, your class, your 65 people. And you have the first professor, physiology comes in, does your lecture. You get a 10 minute break. You go back to that same classroom. Your next professor comes in and you do that all morning. And then you get a lunch break. Then you're in labs all afternoon. So like your freshman year, you do dog anatomy, your whole first semester, your second semester, you do equine anatomy. So, which is a whole interesting thing because we have those. Yeah. Horses on chains standing upright, you know, for a whole semester. Wait, wait, wait. Is it? Could, wait, a, I'm a getting a visual. Corpse okay. Or a horse, a real, <laughs> yeah. a, a live horse? No, oh, not a live horse. Well, I yeah, mean, you it's would, a corpse it's horse. It's a corpse horse. Okay. Yes. I was like, I mean, obviously a horse is <laughs> like, Maybe just temporarily in the afternoon. No, this is. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no horses a, were. Not a live horse. No. Were injured in the course of veterinary school. <laughs> no. That, well, I mean, yeah. does it get smelly having a oh, horse? Oh, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, I no still, you can't have I, a life outside of like smell formaldehyde. Yeah. It like takes me straight back to those days. Oh, but you know, God. then you're in the lab all afternoon. Then I would go home and take like a power nap. And then we'd all go back up to the vet school and study together till, you know, midnight or one in the morning, then go home, sleep and start all over again. Yeah. This went on for three years. And then what do you do your fourth year? So yeah, the first two years, then your third year, you start doing more electives and we start our junior surgery program where you um, actually start doing surgeries on live animals (gasps) that are from the shelter. So my sister had a horse once that we sent to the OSU veterinary school to have, I think he collect or something. And it was like yeah. the least expensive route yeah. for giving the surgery. And we sent Dr. Jetstar to OSU. And to him. OSU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of colicking. What's colicking? I don't, I, I don't know exactly. It's a gastrointestinal. Or something? It's, it's I mean, I gastro- oh, like the it's same okay. with babies? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a gastrointestinal problem and you should not ask me much about horses. Okay. okay <laughs> no, no. That was just we'll a, move on from well, that. Was I will one tell semester you, deal. I will tell you like, 
you know, when you're in veterinary school, you have to learn it all. Right. Right. Because you have to pass boards and your boards are on all animals are on everything. And your fourth year, you do rotations on everything. So I have a three week, you know, internal medicine, three week equine, three week surgery, three week anesthesia. So you know, three week food animal. So you have to do all of it and then you have to take your boards on all of it. But then I stopped boards and I was like released myself of everything that I knew that I wasn't going to be focusing right, on. Right. Right. You, you had know? to make some space in your brain for some other I, stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe in that. Like, but I never I'm really like, thought about it. When you go to medical school, you're focusing on humans on okay? one species, on one species. When you go to veterinary school, it, it, it's like, endless. You're like, wait, I'm, it is. I'm, yeah, I'm having a s- turtle surgery and I'm like trying to remember where what the, heart the atomy, is. anatomy of a turtle is. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, I, that's, yeah. well, yeah. and my thing too is I, you know, I grew up in a, in Tulsa. I didn't grow up in an atmosphere on a, on a farm around horses and cattle and things like that. So that's not something I ever really felt comfortable, like environment yeah. I felt comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being around horses is a lot more than, you know, you can give me the textbook about a horse all day long, but I am not going to know nearly as much as somebody that grew up. Yeah. Riding horses or being around absolutely, horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah I absolutely. Agree. We actually were at Jeff's ranch this last weekend and a baby, we like saw a baby calf be born by <sighs> yeah. accident. What do you it, mean by it just like slit like this cow was standing up and then a baby slid out yeah. and then we saw all the stuff and I was like oh wow oh, <laughs> well, that's how it works like I, you know on a but on a ranch like and then we told his like the ranch hand that works there that there would have been a calf born he was like all right sounds good I'm like I would be like running to the little calf like it's just a total like I think the mindset is just it different. wasn't like Yellowstone like watching Yellowstone when they birthed that calf and Yellowstone maybe in the first no, this, season she was just standing there and it like fell out well, I think that yeah that's probably how it's supposed to happen but I mean I, I, I mean I can tell you if today you saw me walk onto someone's farm and my cute little scrubs and my sneakers and I'd be like, I'm here to pull a calf. They'd probably be like, Mm-mm, go get, you, <laughs> you go get the veterinarian, the real, the, <laughs> the real, real veterinarian. <laughs> but also you, I think to, you really have to have grown up around horses or be with horses all the time. They're yeah, temperamental. Yeah. Right, right. Word, but that's definitely a, a special way Absolutely. you have to act around horses. Absolutely. I get nervous, even though I rode horses growing yeah, up. But then, bit, and then they tell nervous. you if you're nervous that they then can like it's feel even worse, it, and, and then you then, get yeah, more nervous, yeah. and then it's yeah, a yeah. Which I will spiral. say, so that you know, there's been a big fluctuation in veterinary medicine over the years because, um, you know, the very you know first class at OSU is you know probably is twelve men. Well, oh. now, um, the most recent class accepted to OSU is it about. 80% women. Really? Absolutely. I mean, if it's for a girl, it's way more competitive to get into veterinary school than a guy. And a lot of that's Why because, is that? a lot of that's because, you know, if you think about a long time ago, these vets had to, they had to do it all, you know, like they yeah. saw everything from cattle to cats. Well, then over the course of years, we've brought our pets into our home mm-hmm. and we've made them a part of our family. And so that caused a big shift in, um, you know, what you kind of see as your veterinarian. No, you know what I mean? That is true. We did our dogs were, we had cats and dogs growing up, but our dogs growing up were outside dogs and we had a dog run for them and they had a dog house with hay in it. They didn't come inside. Yeah. 
And now, I mean, my mom's dog sleeps in bed with her. So, I mean, For she sure. has made the shift. Personally. Probably under the cover. Yeah. <laughs> with his head on her pillow. I mean. No, that's true. That's very interesting. So, so you graduate OSU and you're, what, 28 at this point? 26. 20, I was like 26. Oh, wait, 26. 24 to 5 to 6. Yeah, oh, gosh. 26. This is, this is why I didn't go to <laughs> any sort of medical schools because I can't do math. But, okay. um, so do you go to work for a different vet or once you're a vet, kind of what's the career path? Yeah. So in veterinary medicine, you can make the decision to just start working right. as a general practitioner or you can make the decision to specialize. If you wanted to specialize, then you have to do like a, let's say I wanted to do veterinary ophthalmology or something. I would have to do one year of a rotating small animal internship and then three years of residency. Oh my gosh. So, you know, to me, that's another four years. I was in, I was like, I'm just ready to, yeah, I mean, I'm like eight years of college and I want to. I want to start working. Yeah, so, I don't blame you. <laughs> so I actually started working. That's what actually brought me to Oklahoma City is this is where I got my first job. Um, did I, you look all over the place or did you had you narrowed it down to Tulsa and Oklahoma City? Were you? In, yeah. You know what? I really kind of. So during our fourth year, you do all your rotations and then you have to do so many what we call preceptorships, which are like externships or something three week blocks. And so you have to choose kind of where you're doing it. And so I tried one of them at a corporate practice. And while I was there, they just, you know, they offered me a job. And so I kind of was like, sounds good. Great. That's a job. <laughs> I, I mean, I did I, that uh, after college. I was like the summer internship before my senior year. They offered me a job and I was like, perfect. I don't have to interview I my know. senior year. I'll be there. I know. I mean, I'll tell you, I think that's the one and only interview I've ever done as a veterinarian was that was one that one for that very first job. So I worked for a corporate van- veterinary practice for three years out of vet school, which was great. I learned a lot of things. You know, I, I tell people all the time, my very first day as a veterinarian, you learn all these crazy things to pass your boards, all these diseases that you're never going to see ever. And then I walked in, I had a great, I had a great mentor. So I was lucky there. I walk in and this dog had like a fractured toenail and I walk out and I look at him. I'm like, I don't even know what that, what do I do, do for a fractured toenail? Yeah. And he's like, cut it off. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, all this silly stuff yeah. on the boards and you don't, I mean, you really, I feel like you come out of vet school and you really don't know how to be a vet yet. So it's so important. Mentorship is so important, I think, coming out of vet school. Well, probably any profession. Yeah. Jim really. says about being a lawyer. He's like, they didn't teach me how to be a lawyer in law school. Exactly. Completely. They yeah. teach you how to pass their boards right. because that's important, you know, for them. So, yeah, you know, I did a lot of learning that first three years working in a corporate practice, but I knew that's not where I wanted to be long-term. So from there to kind of now being a mobile or concierge vet, mm-hmm. what was that sort of transition like? Did, were you just like, I want to be my own boss or how, how did that go in your mind? So it definitely had a lot to do with my kids. Mm. So I um, got pregnant with my first daughter. She's now, oh, she's going to be 11 in like a week. Oh, I know. I so um, I got pregnant with my first daughter and I really, 
you know, didn't want to work the seven to seven. I wanted to be able to be there for her all the time. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think I probably took two weeks after I had her. And then um, my nurse, who I still have to this day, Kathy, who's absolutely wonderful. I just approached her and I was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Do you want to do it with me? And um, I definitely grew very slow and organically, which was perfect for me because when the girls were young, because I also have a younger daughter who's eight, when the girls were young, I wanted to be able to be there all the time. I wanted to be able to pick them up from school. I wanted to be, you know, well, we call it CPO at Cassidy, but PTA is what I think people think. I wanted to be able to do things like that. And I was able to do that because, you know, I grew very slowly where I started out maybe just working one day a week to where now I am working five days a week. But it's great now. They're at school all day long. And um, but at the same time, I have a lot of flexibility. Yeah. So, like if you don't want to schedule the 3 p.m. appointment, you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And be there for pickup. For I sure. That. But so, when, when you came up with the mobile vet idea, mm-hmm. did anybody else do the mobile vet idea? I you mean, know, and they I, were doing it in other cities probably. How'd you come up with for the sure. idea? And I, I definitely do it differently than a lot of other mobile veterinarians. So I would say the majority of mobile veterinarians have like a large truck, van kind a of large thing. van type situation. Well, you see them driving, like driving around. Yeah, I they feel almost like look like the mobile groomers. Groomers, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you walked into one of those, they'll have like a little surgery table and an x-ray machine. And like, it's almost like a veterinary clinic on wheels. Um, and I don't know why, but I just never really wanted to dive in to, to doing it that way. Yeah. Um, I still do 90% of everything in a person's home. Like I do their vaccines there. You know, I can do blood work. I mean, I can do just about everything, but anything that has to be done in a clinic, I partner with a clinic. And so. I work with him and he does all the surgeries. I go there for small procedures. Like Friday, I had to do a laceration repair, um, x-rays, ultrasound, anything like that that I need to do that can't be done in someone's home. We will do it in the clinic. And some people drop their pets off, but you know, some people are like, come pick my pet up, take my pet in, and then bring my pet home. And we do that as well. So, um, and it's still just you and Kathy, right? It is. It is. I know. I, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, everyone I, I talk to, to says, Oh, Tiffany's my vet. Yeah. I'm like, how, how does she see all these animals? I'm a really good multitasker. You know what? I think we, <laughs> most women are. Most women most have women to be. And moms for sure. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, well, so you start the mobile vet business mm-hmm. and you have two kids. Yeah. And you, or, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this question, but you, you add on a day and you add on a day and you add on a day. How did you know when the right time was? How did you know that like, okay, one more day, they're old enough now or they, yeah. it's time for me to add on another day. Cause I think that's hard for a lot of I women ever, kind of knowing yeah. when you're going to, cause I work full time now, but when they, my kids were little, I didn't work full time. Yeah, it was yeah. sort of one I day just, and I, yeah, honestly, yeah. I just kind of feel like everything kind of happened for a reason. I feel like I never had to make that decision. 
I never, I when it felt right, it just was a, it just kind of grew so slowly and naturally over the years. I honestly haven't gotten to the point, didn't get to the point where I was working every single day, except for maybe in the last couple of years. Um, COVID has been, I, cause everyone has a new puppy. Is that the, well, what's one, the... there's been a million new puppies because everybody's home. Right. It's a perfect time to get a pet. Um, people don't want to leave their homes. Um, a lot of other veterinary clinics, you know, started offering more cor- curbside service, which, you know, is great, but people like, I, you know, they want to see you and yeah. talk to you. So a lot of things happened even in the last year that have it made my business kind of explode. So is there, you have, they have, we have the sort of mobile vets that have the van that drives around yeah. like you're going to the clinic. Is there anyone else in Oklahoma City that you know of that does what you do? I do. Well, no. How I, you I, no, do it. Not how I do it. I, there are a couple others that do have like the vans. Gotcha. But really so. nobody goes into people's houses like you do. No. And honestly, it's to me, it's the best way to have a veterinarian because my relationship with people because, you know, some people are like, oh, I want to be a vet because I don't want to work with people. Well, it's always about working with the people. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's such an important part. And my relationship with these pet owners is so different than in a clinic where you're hopping room, 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 room. And I'm talking to you for 15 minutes. I'm hopping to this one, 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like I'm walking into your home. So I'm your veterinarian, but I would say my clients are my friends. Yeah. You know, like, I know where their stash of heartworm prevention is without them telling me. So I go in there and I'm like, okay, you forgot to give the last two months. That's, like, a, that's what happened to my house the other day. Your, yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> like, where did I put that stuff? Like, oh, I think it's right here. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, you know, I was at a client's house the other day. I go there twice a week to run fluids on her elderly cat. And, um, I was like, we need a heating pad. I'm like, I know where that is. And I went to her bathroom and I'm getting the heating pad out of her chores. You know, it's just a completely different relationship than it is in a clinic. In a clinic. Earlier when you were like, yeah, I only had to do one interview in my mind. I was like, I bet she's actually getting interviewed all the time because you're having to go into people's homes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. probably not in the same like way of obviously a job interview. But I was like, when I have somebody start to work for our family, I'm yeah. constantly peppering them with questions. So you're probably actually getting interviewed like all the you're time. Right. I, but I would say 95% of my clients yeah. were referrals from somebody else. Oh, gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this is such a small world and somebody that knows somebody, you know what I mean? Like... That's just how my business has grown is just word of mouth. Yeah, which is the best way to do it. Which is the best way, especially for someone like me, where it's just me and my nurse walking. I don't really want to walk into somebody's... You don't want to go to some random place you don't. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of a safety thing. And you always probably take Kathy the first... Uh, most if, you, of, if you don't know the no, person, most of the time, I have two new clients today, but they're moms of people I already know. So, you know, I'm going by myself for those. Yeah. So I could see what you're saying though. It's like when my friends are real estate agents, I'm like, you know, them going to see people's houses and stuff like that. It's like, you just want to be safe. For sure. Yeah. But so do you think your business would be growing this quickly had it not been in Oklahoma City? Do you think this is specific to Oklahoma City and kind of the loyalty factor we have here? Or do you think it's kind of like you're, you're really fulfilling a need that could be, could be, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, in other cities. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that 
this would work in other cities. I think that this works really well in a particular area of Oklahoma City. If that if that makes yes, if I'm no, getting I, that across. I, no, I think especially the referral piece of it, and you're a woman going into people's houses, I do think that you really do have to know yeah, it has to be somebody that you know or know somebody you know. Well, first, sure. and, and there's and enough of those people with dogs that are part of their dogs, absolutely, that are part of their families, absolutely. And I will say, like, yes, I'm your veterinarian and all that, but and maybe not in a practice, it's as big of a deal. But for me, it, the customer service thing yeah. is huge for mm-hmm. me. I yeah. want to make this process easy. Not only for your pet, but I want to make it easy for you, you know, and if that means that we deliver your medications to your mailboxes, if this means that we pick up your pet and take them in for their x-rays, like I feel like I want to take it a step farther, Yeah, you know, than just a regular veterinary experience. I want it to be. I would, I don't know the word I'm trying to think, but you yeah, know, like I mean, elevated, kind of high touched. Yes, concierge. Yeah. I think that's where yeah. the word yeah. concierge comes exactly. from. Well, I have to say, I mean, Boo, our dog, has definitely gotten better veterinary veterinary care since you've been his vet. Not because our old vet was not a great vet when we loved our old vet, but it was on the other side of Lake Hefner. Yeah, you had to drop him off at seven in the morning. You had to pick him. I mean, just that process. And when you've got a job and two kids and you're managing oh, a yeah. house, like. Unfortunately for me, the dog goes to the bottom of the for list. Sure. For sure. And if he's licking his paws for a year, I'm like, oh, whatever, he'll be fine. Yeah. You know, so I mean, this has really given Boo a better life, I think, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that we do try to, you know, reach out to people and be like, hey, their allergy shots do. And you're like, oh, okay. And here's, you know. It's so great because I would never reach out to you. That would, that would never happen. I'd forget. And that's most people. Most people that makes me would. Feel better. That's me. You know, that most really people don't realize their pets' vaccines are up until they yeah. take them to Get be boarded, be boarded or, or, right. or something. They're like, oh my gosh. They're yeah, on their way to the yeah. airport yeah. to go to Hawaii. And, the uh-huh. I mean, and the then they borders can't like, so that sorry. out. So I try and be more proactive about that and just be like, and let you know, hey, you're. <laughs> Your your appointment's set for here. I'll see you on that day. Yeah. No, that's great. I think that's like some people kind of need that push. But I have like this is a little bit of a strange question. But like with people, there are obviously these like nutritional trends. And it's like, you know, keto diet or whatever with pets, specifically dogs and cats. Like what are you seeing nutritionally? Like what do you think is helping? No, I want to. I mean, because I love hearing about this stuff for myself, but I was like, for your dogs, like, what do you think like nutritionally is the best thing that we could be doing? You know, I get these questions all the time because with, with all of this focus on human food, it's also come with veterinary diets. Yeah. And we now have a ton of what I call kind of boutique dog foods. You know, you have these um, pet stores that offer kind of fancier dog foods and they've got interesting ingredients and yeah it sounds like something i'd want to eat i'm like oh yeah and it's all natural it's all natural and and organ- <laughs> yeah exactly um so we definitely see a lot of that in and, and we had a really big push of grain-free diets for a long time yeah. i mean i have had a million people ask me oh well they're on a grain-free diet and every veterinarian would tell you you know that that's actually not good for your pet but I still come, I still challenge people on that. And then, you know, people, 
love and just like people do to their children, we show a lot of people show their affection with food, right? Like I, yeah, I want treats. with a treats, but also, you table. know, like some of these dog foods that you can get now, it's like they look like food and you got to microwave it and you got to mix it and it turns into an oatmeal and da, 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 I don't yeah. know. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I, you know, I still really believe in some of the core brands that have been around for a long time only because I know that they are backed by research and they've they've done a good job. And I think most veterinarians would agree with me on specific breeds of dog food. So like the more you're spending, then that doesn't, doesn't mean you're oh, doing better. Absolutely not. Okay. No. It probably means that the dog food bag is metallic and looks pretty. <laughs> oh gosh. I think my dog food bag you know is metallic. I mean, um, well, I mean, it's just think, I mean, it's a marketing thing. <laughs> my always, mother-in-law is ordering, it's called Fresh Pet. She was making her dog's food, oatmeal mm-hmm. and ground beef, because there was some whole situation for no joke, like six years. And then she finally got over it. And now she orders Fresh Pet. She loves it. She's yeah. got nothing to do though. I mean, she's I got two dogs tell people, and nothing to do. You know, if, if your dog is doing great on whatever diet you have it on, then I wouldn't change it. You know, if that's working for your pet and that's working for you, then, you know, unless there's something um, medical going on that I need to change the diet to a prescription food. Yeah. If they have like kidney disease or heart disease or something like that, then stick with it. If it's working for you and your pet's doing great, why change? But if you have a puppy and you're asking me what food food should I have my pet on? I'm going to tell you, you know, ABC, these are your options. What are your favorite local pet places like for food or for toys or, or dog parks yeah, or, you know, or if, I don't know. I saw there are a couple pet bakeries. Like, I don't know who, yeah. who are like locally, who are your kind of go-tos that you send people to? Oh man. Like I'm a That's bread a- and feed and seed Stan. I like, do I, love I, the Britain feed and seed. I always yeah. get my dog food there, but I wasn't yeah. sure if there's somebody locally who you're like, they, they have a good selection or, they're, I don't know. You know, I would say the one that I've been visiting the most lately, but I don't, but they might be a franchise. Which what is one? That? Pet Hollywood Feed. Plus. Yeah. No, Hollywood Feed. What's that called? No, pet Supplies Plus. Yeah, there's a Pet Supplies oh, Plus. Oh, next to the Homeland? Yes. Only yes. because that's an ease thing for me and they carry the dog food brands that I use. Okay. Um, I don't really get a lot of toys for my dogs because I don't play with them and I mm-hmm. don't do treats really either <laughs> yeah i know i don't everyone else in my family likes to give our dog treats dog but treats. i don't I, yeah. I mean i go, did britain road feed and seed for the longest time that used to be yeah. a little building where i took my commodore 64 computer class <laughs> just, you know, when i was like 10 years old and you would say like go to nine go, there was you'd have to like write these programs so every time i'm in there i think of my computer class my very first computer class it didn't stick but i love britain road <laughs> Feed and seed. What is it? There is a dog bakery. There's Barking Dog. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But they keep moving in several places. And right now I want to say they might be over on, off of Penn somewhere. Yeah. Because they've had several different they, locations. Were they on May at one they point? They were on May yeah. and they moved north they on next May. To the, next to um, Chartel Cafe? Or am I imagining that? I don't think no, so. Maybe I don't think so. That. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what so. that was, but. Listen, I can barely get the food into the house for my kids. Okay, I'm I not know. making us. I mean, I I know that there are some people, obviously, like my mom, who's got you know one dog and not much to do. She yeah. might do that. Okay, I, I mean, well, okay. Yeah. I have one more funky nutritional question. Okay. So, let's say you're in a pinch, your dog runs out of food at your house, and you like mm-hmm. go to your fridge. What can you feed your dog? 
Or your cat, I guess. Or your cat. We're so biased towards dogs. Well, we both... Well, yeah. I mean, and I see more dogs than cats for sure. But um, I mean, anything that you're going to put together in your fridge is probably okay to get them by, but not going to contain all the nutrients they need long term. Gotcha. Um, Making diets at home is difficult to get like a balanced diet for your dog. Um, but you're never going to go wrong. I mean, like if a dog gets sick, I tell you to give them unseasoned chicken breast, you know, unseasoned rice, low fat cottage cheese, low fat Greek yogurt. Um, I always tell people whose pets are overweight, you can give baby carrots or apple slices, things like that as treats rather than snossages or whatever <laughs> that, you know, you buy at the bacon, store. Bacon strips. Bacon strips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'd much rather you give something like that as a treat. The same things okay. we would give ourselves. Really. For sure. I mean, or even I tell people you can even give like plain Cheerios as treats. Yeah. Because I think for some dogs, it's not about the treat. It's about the experience of getting a treat. Yeah. Aww. Do you know? Yeah. So, so why I, not like just... Like ice? Like my kids well, love some ice. Well, dogs oh, love yeah. ice. My yeah. golden doodle loves ice. Yeah. My standard poodle is, turns yeah. her nose up to just about anything. But <laughs> well, she's standard a, poodles she's are a very standard, proper. She's a standard poodle. Yes, she's I think fancy. that's just typical. She's <laughs> like, look oh at that, that little... <laughs> yeah, eating his eyes. Oh, eating his eyes. Well, okay. So you mentioned earlier that you have two girls. I do. Yeah. Soon to be 11. And one is going to be 11. Uh, Harper will be 11 on the 27th and Delaney is eight. Oh my. And so they're at school all day. And not today. Oh, you're right. Oh, wait, I forgot. (laughs) Wait a minute. I totally forgot when I asked you that. Yes, you're right. Okay. I I forgot too. But (laughs) I want to know what it's like to be a newlywed. You just got married. I did. Yes. And like, is it, are you guys having the best time? We are. Been- We're having the best time. So both of the girls are in school at Cassidy. We, we love, we love, Ca- Ca- we love Cassidy. We love, yeah, we love we Cassidy. We like all schools. We have lots of great school options in Oklahoma we City. Do. We all just have chosen to sit You know, and it's Cassidy. so funny. Since I didn't grow up here, I think I chose Cassidy because it was the most convenient for me at the time. Well, I well, think that, that's a part, that's <laughs> that's a part, a part of, of it. it. I think that's a part of the you know, decision so, But process. both of my girls started there when they were like, two, three years yeah. old. I mean, very young. And so we've been there the whole time and um, love it. We've had the best experience at that school. So, um, and you got married in a pandemic, which I know we got married. Experience. Yes. So Whitney and I got married um, in October during a pandemic, <laughs> you know, but in a way, I feel like it made it so perfect and special. Yeah. I feel so bad for all these people getting married. It's like, it's just so it's already a stressful process, even when it, even the wonderful things, you know, it's like, it's still stressful. And so to add on that layer of like, we could get people sick. I'm like, I, that would be a lot to handle. Yes. Yeah. You know, but I will say for me, I kind of liked it because I wanted that day to be about what it's supposed to be. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to worry about flowers and chicken versus steak. And like, and I wanted to, to guests and, I wanted yeah. to worry about the vows that I had written that I wanted to say and get it like, that was what was most important to me. So like even during the ceremony, I, we did not, I just our parents and her brother and sister-in-law and the girls, like nobody else. And, and Beth Jansen was taking Taking the pictures, (laughs) which is why the pictures are so unbelievable. I know she's absolutely amazing. Um, and so I, because I didn't want to have to 
focus on anything else. I wanted it just to be about us. Yeah. You know, and then we had kind of a, you know, small group of friends. It was come a, celebrate after. It was at Bradford. House, it was a Bradford house, which, which is, is the dream. <laughs> I mean, I, we were their very first wedding. Oh, were, <laughs> were you really? We were their very first wedding. But I feel like they were prepared for it. They had been no, I think, practicing, they, were they? I mean, I think that they, they uh, Stacy, the girl Stacy that works there that we worked with, I mean, was a dream because for me walking in, I'm like, I don't really care about the flowers and things like that. Like, did you Whitney out? like who was? Like, I mean, I think she Whitney actually cared a little bit more about suit? some of those. Oh man! Oh, okay, amazing. The, the what's suit, the story behind that? Yeah, the suit. I, I was, was real like, jealous. Yes. Nailed it. Like that uh, is like so. Yeah. Lucas over at Q. Oh, Q. Oh. Yes. So him and Kristen Carson, who is, I work you know, out with, like twice I mean, a week. She's yes. yeah. the original owner of Greta Sloan. By the you're way. right. Yeah, yeah. Catherine. So Nichols and she's Kristen so wonderful. Carson, yeah. So we all went over to Q and just you know put it out there, looked at everything, and um, yeah, the suit turned out amazing. It was, it was beautiful. Well, she has like the perfect body to pull off a suit like that. Not not to she's talk about very it, tall like, and very yes, slender, lean. and like you have to. I don't know. Like I feel yeah. like it. It looks so chic on her because yes. it was like I don't know. I just I I looked at pictures and I was like, oh my god, that that is like. I imagine myself yeah. looking like that in in a suit like that, and that's not what happens. Catherine, you could probably look no, no, you I totally could. Yeah, because you're tall a little more, yeah. but. And then I d- I knew I didn't want to wear a white dress. I, well, you looked. I wanted to wear. What was your dress? It was, it was a, black a black dress. No, which, I know, but what? Like, who's the designer? Oh, you know. Lord. Okay, it was, was really this, pretty. This, this is where you have to, you're going to have okay, to ask Kristen you. Carson that question. <laughs> um, but you know, Sarah Jessica Parker got married in a black dress. Do you remember that? Yes, when, yes, I do. And ever and I loved the pictures. And, you, and I always then. went, yeah. I was I was dead set. I wanted a black dress. <laughs> I think it I think it looked beautiful. And then Delaney wore a little white suit. She did. did. Oh yeah, she wore. Wait, a, I'll show you the pictures. At, I'll show well, you the pictures. But yes, Delaney wore a little white suit uh-huh. um, to to look like Whitney, who they call Minnie. Um, and so Harper wore a black sweet. dress like me. <sighs> so so sweet. Well, so it was the perfect day. It was really the perfect day. Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah. So and it wasn't even stressful. I wasn't stressed the whole day. You know well, that's, that's the way it's supposed to yeah, be. Then it, you, know, you know it was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. stressed about it. And so I think it's final question Okay. Time. You want to do? Well, uh, yes, I do want to do. But can we ask one other? Re- this is going to be real quick because Emmy's looking at me, giving me the thing. What do you, where do you see your business in 10 years? Do you see yourself taking on another vet? Do you see the concierge vet business growing? Yeah. Do you think Oklahoma City is ready for it? What do you think? Yeah. You know, I've actually, I, I, I think about that all the time because I wonder sometimes, should I branch out and have, you know, hire on new vets and do like an Edmond area yeah. or mm-hmm. a, a Norman it's area a neighborhood? Yeah. Well, because it's hard it's to hard ping to pong all, all over, over this right. city. It you takes a long time. time. Um, and I definitely think that would be the next step. Um, but it's difficult because you still have to kind of grow slowly. And so I have to figure out, you know, how to make sure I'm giving this new veterinarian yes. enough work, work as I build these new areas. Right. So, so that's but a goal. I think that's that a dream. would, you I think that would be that. wonderful okay. to do. Yeah. Okay. Coming soon. Unleashed. Edmund. Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's our final question. We 
love Oklahoma City, obviously, which is uh-huh. why we started this podcast. You have a friend coming from out of town. They spring a visit on you. You pick them up at the airport. What does your day look like? Where do you go first? What are the places you show them? Yeah, this is a hard question for me because I've listened to every other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, and you're our favorite. You're our I favorite feel, guest. I, I know. I was at your house the other day and you were talking about something. I'm like, I know all this because I listened to your <laughs> podcast. I know about <laughs> your Christmas right. tree. I know about, <laughs> I know about everything about you. Anyways, um, you know, I really love Cheevers. It's yeah. probably my favorite oh. restaurant. Like it for really any is. meal or like... Like which, if you had to pick one of the Cheevers meals, which one would you pick? Oh, I would definitely get the halibut. Oh, so you go for dinner? Oh yeah. Yeah. With their chopped salad Ooh. and maybe some I need to get back soup. to Cheevers. What is wrong with me? I don't think I've been in 10 years. Oh, really? you gotta go. Oh yeah. Oh, so good. It's so like okay. classic Oklahoma City. It really is. And I like, love to sit outside when you can sit outside yes. on a little patio. I just love that. Mm-hmm. The patio is underrated. Well, because it's so small. It is so small. They have yeah. like four you tables. You have to be really on it to you get really a table. You really do have to be on it You can't roll at the last table. minute like I would. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like the Gusto patio. It's I like once people patio. discovered it, it's like you can't ever you can't sit out there again. There. <laughs> yeah. Okay, You're so right. Cheevers. I do love Cheevers. Um, you know, I, I guess I'd probably have to, you know, represent all of my friends' businesses. So I'd have to go by... Greta Sloan oh, for sure. So sweet. And you know, I love Brian Bogert. So Oh, we of course we go. We take all <laughs> we take all of our imaginary friends to the Jones for to sure. To the Jones yes. Assembly. But you know, I don't know. I am as are most veterinarians, very introverted people. And I think that my ideal thing is finding a place just to sit and talk. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Like that is my ideal evening is um, and whether that's on, you know, the hutch patio or in somebody's living room or backyard, like just sitting with friends and drinking a glass of wine and talking is my, that sounds my, like the perfect is my evening. favorite thing to do. <laughs> oh. I think that might be mine too. Yeah. That's so fun. Well, just, so where can people find you um, if they want to get more information about your vet services? So we do have a website, um, www.unleashedvetokc.com. Um, so they can absolutely do that. There's an Instagram page, Unleashed Vet OKC, on Instagram as well. Um, if you go to my Instagram page, you can link to that. So there's several different ways that you could reach out to us and we can get you scheduled. If you go to the website and want an appointment, you can actually contact us through the website to set an appointment up. So perfect. Yep. I highly recommend it. I know. It changed my life. I feel, I, I think I'm going <laughs> to switch because we don't like. Yeah, we need make to the switch. Yeah, we need gotta to make the switch. Yeah, make the switch. for sure. Well, <laughs> I think no I, pressure. I need to start now that like my kids are a little bit older. I need to start treating my dogs better because I just feel I like know. when you have small children, oh, I, oh, they I become second class citizens so easily. And and then this weekend we had our dogs and not our children, and they like slept in bed with us for the first time in probably oh. three years. Mm. And I was kind of like, I was like, all right, they're all right. <laughs> they they really are you. sweet. Yeah. Well, I miss them too. I didn't. I just, you know, we're, it's just, you don't think about it. It's uh-huh. so busy. Oh, so. I know. It's hard when you have little kids. It's just survival it's, of the fittest, it's, really. It, you're right. You really yeah. are surviving for yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm in survival mode. <laughs> oh, my That's goodness. okay. Well, well thank Tiffany, you. thank you yeah. so much. We, we loved it. You. We know so you had to on. get out of your comfort zone for this, and you did oh, a great yeah. job. Yeah, you did great. Seriously. <laughs> Thanks, dear. You never know. <laughs> Bye. 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 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blackened Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blackened Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll.